Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This show that's all about you, the small and medium-sized businesses in America and around the world. This is the straight-talking, no-bullshit business radio program. And small and medium enterprises are the engine of every economy. And now is a fantastic time to be in business. You should all, everybody should be really excited about the opportunities. The gloom and doom that we're hearing is rubbish. People have got money. Investors have got money. So let's all get off our butt and go and get into it. I'll bring you information and guests week after week that ensure that you're successful. But I can't do it on my own. I need your input. So please email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. We received a lot of emails during this week, many from people running businesses from home, many praising the interview with Janice Loveland, who's, had, who's got a very successful home business despite her severe handicaps. As many of you said, she's an inspiration and makes us feel thankful for all the blessings that most of us enjoy, but most of us don't take advantage of either. She called me yesterday and is back in hospital. So Janice, I want you to know that there's a bunch of us that heard you last week that are rooting for you. I received an email from Doug Latchman in Sydney, Australia, which is my old hometown 25 years ago. He runs a small business in the logistics area. Let me read just a few words from his email. Dear Bob, great program and very timely. America currently has long-term problems. The country needs to be invigorated and re-inspired, especially at the entrepreneurial SME level. This is where the real jobs are and the country's substance grows from. America's future will come from the ground up and not from corporate America down. All we hear is the blame game. Enough already. Every small business needs to build a solid business one customer at a time. And I can do my part by influencing the thinking process of my listeners. So Doug's right. So let's begin with all the entrepreneurs listening to the program saying, if it's to be, it's up to me. We have to do it. So let's get off our asses and get this country moving again. Since last week's program, I've been to London and to Dublin in Ireland. I met with two incredible entrepreneurs and I saw a couple of great new products. I'll be speaking with one of those entrepreneurs later in the program. Mary Bird worked every day with Gene Simmons from KISS and she, like him, is a human headline. I love it. I also received quite a few emails about how do you go about getting investment into your business? Now, that's a great subject that we'll tackle next week. But by far the most emails were about how to attract customers, how advertising isn't working and is costing more and more for fewer results. So let's look at how we attract customers. Reality is that advertising and marketing effectiveness is decreasing dramatically every single day. Bob Cooperman, 
the CEO of advertising agency Chaya Day at the time, who was the creator of the Energizer Bunny, you know, going and going and going, was quoted in Time magazine as saying, 95% of all advertising does not work. 95% of all advertising does not work. And this research has been supported by numerous other studies, both in America and around the world. So what 95% of what we're doing doesn't work, so what do we do? We keep doing it. That's ridiculous. Who would go to a brain surgeon that only got 5% right? No one. So why do we put up with it when it comes to marketing and advertising? But marketing, marketers and advertisers, they're stuck to the tired traditional strategies based on four elements that they think are important. Firstly, brand awareness to create recall and drive sales. Secondly, the attributes of the product or the service that you're offering. Third, the price. And fourth, satisfied customers. Now, research shows that 87% of all marketing and advertising today is based on one of those four things or a combination of those four things. Studies conducted by the University of Toronto even throw serious doubts on the long-held belief that repetition increases an advertisement's effectiveness. I was always told that if once you've seen an advertisement seven times, then your recall increases. Well, University of Toronto's research shows that repetition may actually confuse consumers. And this contradicts that long-accepted fact that recall depends on frequency. So where did these so-called facts that we're told come from? It seems that someone, once upon a time, just made them up and they happened to stick. In my opinion, there are three essential causes of most companies' lousy marketing performance. Firstly, business is changing very rapidly and the marketing and advertising industry is really struggling to keep up. Most businesses and agencies have been caught flat-footed trying to work out how to use this new technology and they're just complacently doing what they've been doing for years. Secondly, the overwhelming majority of ads totally miss the mark. They don't capture your attention and often send you cross-eyed trying to work out what the hell they're about or what they're advertising. No wonder nobody buys this stuff. But in my experience, the biggest problem is that most business executives do not understand the simple basics of marketing and advertising. They are given a snow job for their agencies or their so-called marketing people, and they don't have enough knowledge to say it's crap. Remember, these are the guys that get 95% wrong. And we business executives are listening to them. We're nuts. In fact, most businesses think that marketing is just advertising. So let me tell you what I believe marketing really is. It's not just running ads, sponsoring an event, or doing PR. It's every action taken by the company or by anybody who works in the company or by anybody representing the company that in any way comes in contact with a potential or a current client. So this includes not only the traditional marketing disciplines, but every single touch point a customer has with a potential client. So this can include um, when he or she walks into reception 
when they phone the company, when they apply for a credit, when they receive a delivery, when they get a service call, etc., etc. Every one of those is an important opportunity for the company to market itself. And marketers should take responsibility and produce return on investment figures for all of these facets of business. But unfortunately, they don't. What's worse is that very few businesses that I go into even know what all these customer touch points are. And there are many, many of them in most industries. And today's technology gives us the ability to measure pretty much every single thing we do. Yet marketers are primarily unaccountable. They don't even provide measurements for any form of advertising's actual audience, much less measure actual sales resulting from these efforts. You know, audience size means squat. The only thing that really counts is resultant sales. So let's take TV, for example. 23 million people watch the program. That doesn't mean 23 million people watch the ads. Research shows that often as few as 10% of people actually saw the ads. And the companies have no idea who purchased as a result. That's pathetic and it's ridiculous. The reality is that most business people, including marketers, do not know or have forgotten the basics of marketing do not do their homework and know very little about the potential client and do not measure everything they do. That is a recipe for disaster. So let me ask you four simple questions and answer answer them honestly. Answer them out loud so it reinforces it. Do you think having a great product or service is important? Do you think it's important to have a really competitive price? Do you think brand awareness is important? Do you think satisfied customers are important? The reality is that if you think any of these things are important today or use any of these things as the basis of your marketing strategy, you will go out of business. The truth is that in today's marketplace, a competitive price is not important. Your product's not important. Satisfied customers are not important and brand awareness is not important. So let's take them one at a time. Let's take product. Are you selling something that your competitors aren't selling? 92% of customers see like products as interchangeable. As I said last week, if they don't buy an EverReady, they'll buy a Duracell. So they'll go somewhere else to buy it. They don't have to buy it from you. Almost every company that I deal with believes that in their industry, price is critical. That's bullshit. They don't understand. I spoke to car manufacturers in Detroit and they said price is critical to selling cars. If price was critical, everyone would be driving the cheapest car they could find. But are you driving a Honda Civic or a Kia Soul? If I look out the window, I see Mercedes, BMWs and Lexus. Obviously, price is not that important. But the truth is that in America... Only 13% of customers buy based on price. And that's if the product hasn't been differentiated from its competitors. So 87% of people buy based on other things, not price. Everybody thinks that satisfied customers are important. They're not. 62% of all satisfied customers don't come back. 
So if you want them to come back, you've got to knock their socks off. Let's talk about brand awareness. Everybody that comes to me complains that they don't have as much money to spend on marketing as their competitors. So they can't get the brand awareness that their competitors have. That's just plain bullshit. Brand awareness is not worth a damn. There have been lots of products with high brand awareness and absolutely no sales. Look at Circuit City, high brand awareness, went broke after 50 years, 30,000 people laid off. Saab, $165 million in advertising, 70% awareness, gone. The only thing that counts is brand equity. And brand brand equity is how much people care about you, how much they want to do business with you, love your customer service, etc. The customer doesn't give a damn about you. The customer only cares about solving their own problems or meeting their own needs. Your advertising needs to be about them. If you have any comments about this, please email them to me at bob at bobpritchard.com. All of these 15 keys are expanded in a lot more detail in my book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, and that's available now at your local bookstore. I'm going to give a free copy of the book to the best three questions that I get every week. And after the break, I catch up with one of my two guests today. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You 
are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. My guest today is Tim Draper, described as the Prince of Silicon Valley, the creator of viral marketing, instrumental to the success of Hotmail and Yahoo Mail, a major investor and contributor to the success of Skype, Baidu, and 40 other early-stage trailblazing companies. I met Tim at Microsoft on his 50th birthday when he entertained us with one of his famous songs. Hi, Tim. Hey, Bob. How are you? I'm doing really well. Terrific. Uh, When you Google Tim Draper, you get thousands of entries that paint you as this legend who's done absolutely everything. So what continues to get you up in the morning? Well, um, I, I think it's people who will transform or could transform industries and countries. And, um, and I think we're in such an exciting time right now that, um, that the Internet and, and all things electronic have, have um, every electron out there has transformed so many industries and there's so many more to go. And it makes us all close. It brings us all closer together. It uh, geographic borders start to fall. Uh, there's some extraordinary new technologies that make our lives better. There is a lot that gets me up in the morning. I understand that you're just as prepared to invest in an idea that's scribbled on the back of a napkin and tossed around at a meeting as you are in a business that has a hundred-page business plan. Why is that? Oh well, I I, um, I look at it very differently. Um, I I am really investing in people uh, who who want to spend their lives transforming an industry and and changing the way the world works and uh, and improving our lives. And if that happens on a napkin or a hundred page business plan, I'm I'm good with it. Uh, we generally at DFJ we will uh, look at business plans uh, for for how big is the market, uh, how innovative is the idea or the, or yep. the business, yep. and, and what does the business model look like? And we, we put all that together, and then when we finally meet with someone, we're looking for that fire that, tra- that will, um, will stay with them no matter how hard the business gets. Right. We want people to stay there forever, work hard forever. Most of those Lennon McCartney songs were written on napkins and and uh, and whatever, so it seems to work. You've seen lots and lots of successes. So what's yeah, the best? song? By the way, the song you um, you heard me sing, I think I wrote that on a napkin too. <laughs> <laughs> I love the I love your songs. For anybody who hasn't um, seen them, if you go onto Google, there's um, a bunch of them there. You'll enjoy them. Um, You've seen lots of successes. What's the best idea that you've um, ever seen that got screwed up, and what happened? Well, we, <laughs> we've seen more failures um, than we have successes. Our successes are, are uh, fewer and farther between, but we, um, we see occasional successes that become great, uh, great successes, and um, they're so big that it transform that it allows us to. Uh, continue to invest in the business, and that that's what um, makes me so excited. But um, the best idea we've ever seen screwed up. Well, it's usually uh, 
when founders aren't getting along that makes uh, makes a business not work. Yeah. And there are plenty of great ideas that uh, that get screwed up, but it's more often that a great idea becomes an industry and there is a winner uh, that comes after a, a bunch of attempts. So like Friendster came before Facebook sure. uh, and, and a number of other, uh, and there were 25 search engines before Google. So, uh, so they don't necessarily have to screw up, but they can be outmaneuvered. You're, a, you're an astute judge of a great idea whose time's approaching. I know that you look at um, ideas that are into the future that are going to make a, a, a difference into the future. And um, So have you ever made the wrong call that you've invested and it died or you passed and it became a monster? Yeah, um, well, invested and died, that's, that, that makes up for about 60% of the companies that we invest in um, right. actually end up not making it. <laughs> but but uh, the ones who uh, became a monster deal, those are the ones that we lose sleep over. And, um, and to this day, we really uh, we should have invested in LinkedIn. It, it was uh, a brilliant entrepreneur. It was a wonderful opportunity, and uh, and we we miscalculated on what the market would think. That's a fantastic business tool. I use it regularly. So anybody who's listening that doesn't that isn't on LinkedIn and doesn't use it, you really should because it's um it's a great asset. But we've we've missed a lot of others. Um, I got outbid in in uh, trying to invest in Facebook, and uh, outbid in trying to invest in Yahoo. There were uh, and so I missed both of those because uh, I was uh, there was a, another venture capitalist who came in with a with a higher price. Right. <laughs> That's the way it works. Um, <laughs> you've got offices in thirty cities around the world now, as I understand it. Um, is there a particular area of the world where the entrepreneurs are really hungry and have got a more fierce desire to succeed than perhaps at the moment in the U.S.? Yeah, I would have said I would have said Vietnam up until about uh, three weeks ago, but uh, I think the Arab countries are wide open for um, for great entrepreneurs, and I think it's the women in the Arab countries that are the going to be the hungriest entrepreneurs. I think that's going to be uh, a hotbed of entrepreneurial activity, and it'll take a while, take years probably, before um, we see anything like a, a uh, Skype or a Facebook or a Google come out of there. But uh, I, I was, uh, I, I ran into two or three of these women entrepreneurs in the Arab countries, and they are they are loaded for bear. Yeah, uh, I am. Um... I give a lot of speeches in in the Middle East and and uh, other places, and I found I did a, a ten city tour of Iran <laughs> last year, and it, they have more education centres than I've ever seen. That MBA um, colleges all over the place, and they're really focusing on education and the young people. You know, forgetting the government for a minute, but the young people, um, male and female, are out there. Desperately trying to learn as much as they can, and they're so entrepreneurial. I was I was really surprised. I, I guess I read too many newspapers about what I expected Iran to be like, but um, I was really surprised just how hungry these kids are. You know, you know where else uh, they're going to be. You know, I had have to done a lot of traveling because we are um, all in offices all around the world. So yeah. 
Another place where um, where it's very interesting is in Africa, um, as these as these uh, dictatorships start to fall. Yeah. Uh, the people of those countries are recognizing, they're waking up and they're saying, oh my gosh, you mean that if I create something great, the government won't take it from me? Yeah. Uh, All of a sudden, they're starting to wake up too. And so I'm very excited about these these places that were were really forgotten lands for quite a while. And now, uh, now with with the advent of Hotmail and, and Skype and Facebook and Twitter, people are now watching as bad governments fall and good governments thrive. And, and uh, not only the governments thrive, but the countries thrive when they have a good government. With these new entrepreneurs popping up all over the world, is, um, is venture capital in these countries keeping up or do a lot of these companies look to the U.S. to um, provide capital? Well, it's a little bit of each. Uh, we get a lot of um, entrepreneurs flying in from all over the world to come to the Silicon Valley. Sure. But uh, but the way we found Skype and Baidu um, and Focus Media was to go out to them. It was uh, much. It was very important to go find the entrepreneur wherever wherever they may be. So your offices in these various countries are um, are out actively scouting for ideas, not just sitting back waiting for them to come to you. Oh, absolutely. And um, and we have great teams of people who are locals in each of the regions, and uh, and they, uh, they also have good perspectives when we go and we start talking to them about which companies are interesting. They, uh, they will have that local feel. They'll have that local uh, – they'll say, well, wait, this guy's mother-in-law – was working for this guy's competitor, and and so we know who he is, and and uh, he's a good guy or he's not a good guy, whatever. And so you do learn, um, you learn a lot more with a local team. Are you in Australia? I'm, I'm Australian originally, as you can probably tell. I've been living here for 25 years, but I still sound like I got off the boat yesterday. Um, are you in Australia? <laughs> well, we actually had an had a relationship with an Australian venture firm in Southern Cross, and they were. Um, and they're terrific, uh, but they are going it alone. They decided not to be a part of our network, but uh, we think that uh, eventually we'll get them back. Yeah, it's a pretty entrepreneurial country, actually. <laughs> oh, it's extraordinary, and for some reason, um, and Australians travel a lot. And I'm, yeah. For some reason, uh, some of those great entrepreneurs don't break out and go after the world market soon enough, and, no, uh, and it's a shame. Yeah, that is true. A lot of creativity there in that country. Your reporter is saying that the important elements in a successful startup are a great business idea that could change the world, obviously. Exceptional talent, dedication, and passion. Which of these has the most impact on a company's success, do you reckon? Well, I think it, it's probably passion because uh, I, I learned in, in 2001 that the people who were in it just for the money uh, all left like rats on a sinking ship. Yeah. But the people who really had the passion for what they were doing and they really wanted to change the way people operated, um, they were the ones who who stuck with it, uh, toughed it out through, you know, I'd say yeah. 10 tough years, yeah. and are still alive today to, um, to fight on. And uh, in a lot of cases, 
they're looking at um, IPOs and XPOs, which are private p- private public offerings. Okay. Um, a, a very quick last question, Tim. <laughs> um, can the government do more to help entrepreneurs, or they, should they stay the hell out of it and leave it to um, a private enterprise? Well, the <laughs> the government um, can can encourage entrepreneurship early on and they can fund research and they can fund education. Um, but in general, uh, when they try to get too involved uh, or, or if something becomes a success and then they jump on it, uh, they can be too big a, a part of it. They can get in the way. Um, they, they shouldn't, one thing they should not do is they should not pick the winners. Uh, they shouldn't fund Solyndra. They shouldn't uh, try to uh, make their, uh, you know, make themselves be the venture capitalists. I, I think uh, to create a nice environment is great, and I think uh, things like bankruptcy law and rule of law are two things that every government should have, and um, and. I think once once you have that, uh, then I think you don't want to tweak with it too much. You just want to allow entrepreneurs the um, the freedom to go out. And um, a government that is quick to regulate is is one that kills creativity and entrepreneurship. So I would say uh, hesitate until until it's it's a real problem if you're going to regulate. Tim, thank you very much for your time this morning. I know how busy you are. I really appreciate it, and I hope we catch up again soon. Oh, great. My pleasure. Thank you very much for the testimonial for my new book. Greatly appreciate it. Great. Oh, great. It's a great book. Thank you. Okay. See you soon. Go, go. Bye-bye. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Tune in to Tom Says... 
for practical solutions that you can use in your life. Whether it's information you can use for business, spiritual awareness, health, or personal issues, you'll want to listen to this life-changing program hosted by Tom Gerbic. Tom will also invite you to participate by calling in or sending emails. There's no topic that's taboo. With Tom's life experiences, you'll find that a weekly visit can be truly inspiring. Tom Says can be heard on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, with a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. As I mentioned earlier, I spent some of last week in the UK, and my next guest is Mary Bird, who battled a chronic stutter, had a fashion design business off the Portobello Road in London, sang with many superstars, managed a hot recording studio, worked with Gene Simmons from Kiss on a daily basis, sang backing vocals on the Roger Vadim film And God Created Women, and for songs that were used on Miami Vice. Mary's also a prolific writer and illustrator of dead funny books. They are hysterical and limericks, and has a new publishing deal in the offering. Wow, if that isn't enough, she's in the news in the UK regularly with a product range Karma Sutra for the man who loves his car. This is a male toiletry range and it won a Gift of the Year award in the UK last year, was promoted by the British government at the Savoy Hotel London, followed in the same week as gifts for stars such as Jermaine Jackson and Nelly, being some of those who now have bottles of Karma Sutra in their bathrooms. So I caught up with Mary, who's actually a human headline. She is everywhere last week in London. Hi, Mary. Quite a fantastic career. It sounds um, very glamorous, but I guess it hasn't all been champagne and caviar for you, has it? Hi, Bob. Lovely to speak to you, finally. I've heard a lot about you, so um, thank you very much for having me on your show. Um, Has it all been... No, I think um, uh, when you're doing business, um, one of the most important things is just to keep going. And certainly in this day and age, in the financial markets and so on and so forth, it is very easy to um, give up or try and do something else. But I've had this passion for uh, Carlton and Sutra. I mean, I actually bought the um, uh, website uh, in uh, 1999 and, um, uh, and uh, no, just kept going to... Um, Complete husbands, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've read a lot about um, your chronic stutter when yeah. you were younger, and that must yeah. have been really debilitating. But more importantly, it's a confidence destroyer, isn't it? So, how did you overcome that and do all these extraordinary things that you've done in your life? Yeah, yeah. No, um, um, I mean, it's made me the woman that I am. Um, I'm um, a member of the British Stammering Association, so we did quite a lot of work um, on the King's Speech and right. uh, Colin Firth, you know, and all of that. And um, and the film actually does describe the uh, problems of the stammer very, very well and how totally exhausting it is. And I think um, um, how I've overcome it um, is um, 
uh, well, you've got some very um, famous drummers like you know, Carly Simon, who is a singer and so on. Um, it's uh, by living off adrenaline, basically, and doing things that, that um, um, you're so frightened of that the adrenaline starts and you can actually get the words out. Also, um, um, it's actually, uh, I think a lot of my youth was actually spent um, believing that I wasn't good enough because I couldn't talk. And I think it's coming to the um, point in your life where you actually think, hold on, um, this is how I was born, so I'm actually going to embrace it rather than constantly trying to, um, you know, get it healed or this or that. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, that's, that's how I've dealt with it, just having confidence in myself. But that's only come recently, so... Um, it's a hell of a hurdle. Last week on the show, I had a guest, Janice Loveland, who works from yeah. home and has all sorts of health problems. In right. fact, I, ju- I just spoke to her half an hour ago, and she's back in hospital. But um, yeah. she attributed all her marketing success to Gene Simmons. She um, she watches him religiously and is and had, says he's the best marketer that she's ever seen. And I know right. you've told me the same thing, and you know Gene and his wife Shannon quite yeah. well. What influences what um, working with um, Gene Simmons daily, what influence did that have on your attitude? <laughs> yeah, I know. Lots of people watch Gene Simmons. Um, um, yes, um, I knew him when, um, when um, my first husband was signed to his record label, Simmons Records, and I was basically my husband's manager, so I dealt with um, uh, Gene on a daily basis. Um, uh, yeah, what I love about him is, um, is that he gives the public what they want, and I think that's very important. Um, uh, but um, and he knows how how to do it because the Gene Simmons in front of the camera is very different to the Gene Simmons behind the camera. Yeah, he he never lets an opportunity go past. I was listening to an interview with a couple of the other guys from Kiss the other day, and they were saying that. Um, while they were doing whatever they were doing, Gene would be on the phone trying to rustle up deals and coming up with new ideas and constantly, oh, yeah. constantly yeah. marketing. Just that was his main love was just marketing the product. Well, if you've got a product, um, 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 that, the, um, that the public wants, you know, and are interested in. Um, but there was something I was going to say then that. Um, um, and it's um, like a lot of um, artists are today and recording artists. You know, the music business and the entertainment business is a business. You know, That's right. and the whole thing is actually selling a product that the public will buy, and um, and that is what uh, Gene is so successful at. And that's also um, uh, the approach that you know I try and take as well. You know, you give the public what they want. You don't just stand there being all artistic and hoping that they're going to change their minds, you know. You just go out there and um, sell it. I think it's, it's, it's interesting because one of the things that I talk to companies about is I say the most important thing 
when you are marketing a product is to differentiate yourself. If you're, if you're just another me too and everybody else has got the same product, you will lose. And one of oh, the things exactly. certainly about KISS is they've differentiated themselves from everyone else. And that's one of the interesting things that I find about Kama Sutra is that you know, you, it's a field where there is a huge amount of competition, and we'll talk about what it is in a second, but it's got a huge amount of competition. But by coming up with a unique name and by being a constant marketer of the product, you have managed to dominate headlines and get invitations to everything where oh, yeah. you have a product that's not really any different than a lot of other products. Now, excuse me mm. for saying that. but So let's, yeah. let's just talk about Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra's got you in the headlines all the time. So how did this come about and what is it? Tell our listeners what it's all about. Hey, Kama Sutra, two words. Car Sutra, C-A-R, second word, M-A-S-U-T-R-A, means car love, okay? Right. Um, I own the international trademark, which is great. And the whole thing was like, um, um, uh, because I wrote a song that was used on Top Gear years ago, and I was up um, performing it, and, and I realized there was nothing to buy, um, for us girls to buy um, men who love their cars, except for like a key ring or a, or works manual, or something like that. Yep. Um, and I suddenly um, thought of this whole gift range. Um, um, I, I wrote a book called The Karma Sutra, but it's basically up in the loft for, you know, years. And it was only when my kids were hassling me, saying, oh, God, you've got nothing in the loft, you know, actually do something. And I thought, well, great, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, um, um, I'll form my own publishing company and just put it out because then a copy will have to be in the British Library and then my great great grandchildren can discover, you know, something um, from their past. And uh, blow me, you know, um, um, it got picked up by Publishing News to be one of their Christmas books of the year and then ended up um, on the Amazon bestsellers list. Well, I mean, I hadn't even, you know, it, it was just me, you know, <laughs> and myself. It was like, oh, what do I do? And ever since that's actually happened, it's been me trying to catch up with developments, um, you know, and the interest that it's caused. Um, um, you know, so it's the book, there's the poetry range, and there's going to be like a whole load of other stuff. There's like um, a TV series that is um, uh, being um, talked about. There's like, you know, the film, there's the cards, there's, uh, you know, you know. There's a whole global um, marketing range, um, there, well, merchandising range, you know. Um, would you put, uh, would you put yeah. the success of that mainly down to the name, the fact that it's such a, a suggestive name? Do you, do you think no. it's been well, right? Look, I put it down, well, there I said, I put it down um, to me because I believe in it. Anybody can have a name, but you've got to act on the stuff. You've got to believe in, in it with all your heart, even when um, times are tough and things aren't going well or you're feeling tired or, or like, you know, um, personal things are happening. You know, you've got to totally believe in what you're doing and um, and and continue to push it. Yeah, you're, you're a tireless worker. I've, I've discovered that, that you just never stop. Well, all I know is that there's nothing in the world... Um, um, that is um, a global brand for men who love their cars. And then, so you do the comedy 
gift boxes, but also you do a male torture range as well. So, that, I mean, I, mean um, 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 I don't know if you call it links in America. Yeah, it's yeah. what everybody spreads. Yeah. Okay, all right. They hold like 98% of the body spray market, okay? Yep. If Karma Sutra can take 1% of that, okay, just 1%, that's worth 4 million. That is how big the body spray market is. And who wants to sort of spray on, you know, cat or lion or, you know, when you can spray on, you know, custom Karma Sutra, classic Karma Sutra and sports Karma Sutra? I mean, all the girls are going to jump in the car, isn't it? <laughs> I, I love it. I, I mean, we've discussed it quite a bit, and I, I really love it. I think the, um, the whole concept, and it's so simple and yet just penetrates any market. I think it's, mm. I think it's fabulous. So what's your next step with it? Where do you go from here? Well, um, um, uh, Procter and Gamble have, have offered me space in their um, uh, in their car wash outlets, okay. But I can't do this all from uh, the UK. You know. I need somebody in the states who's going to step in and and uh, move forward with this, you know, on somebody, me. Somebody like me, perhaps. <laughs> yes, go on, Bob. Yes, <laughs> somebody like you. Yes, <laughs> because uh, you, you know, um, um, it is no use doing something unless you have all the trademarks and the protections, you know, sure. in place. Um, um, so I'm just fairly low on, serv- uh, on uh, savings, but, you know, um, it's all protected and it's great. It is so exciting. It I'm, is so I'm, exciting. I'm confident that it's going to be a huge success. I, I really love it. Now, we've got about 30 seconds left. Right. What does the future have in store for you? Where do you go from here? What else do you want to do? Well, I fly out to LA and come and see you, don't I? <laughs> well, that's a good plan. I know a, I know a yeah. great restaurant where we can start. Excellent. Well, listen, before I go, can I just say the biggest respect to all the um, American troops, okay? Because my son's in the Royal Navy and these guys deserve the absolute respect. So thank you, USA, for your, you know, girls and boys as well. Mary, I've got to go. But um, great talking to you. Thanks for yep. sparing your time, and I look forward okay. to talking to you very soon. Well, I'll see you soon. Okay. Yeah, we'll see you soon. <laughs> look forward to it. Bye, Mary. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Bob. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Have you planned for your retirement yet? If you are a public sector employee, perhaps not. Studies have shown that employees of schools, educational institutions, governments, nonprofits, and public safety may lack the information they need to effectively prepare for retirement. For the answers you need, tune in to Lessons in Retirement, Retirement Planning for Public Sector Employees with host Jim Bishop, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's sure to pay off. In your future. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. 
Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back. Well, what a couple of great guests we've had today. In this segment, we're going to talk about some marketing screw-ups, why and how they happened, and also answer some of your emails. Every day, marketing and advertising geniuses create what they hope is going to be the next great idea, the next Kama Sutra. Sometimes they work. More often than not, they're a dud. Like many of you, I've had my fair share of those dumb ideas. I just don't tell people about them. We're all familiar with some of the real classic goofs that occur when translating strap lines that sound great in the language of origin but have a totally different meaning in another language. This is where you need to do your research before you launch. Such as when Coors Beer translated their slogan, Turn It Loose, into Spanish, where it actually means Coors Beer gives you diarrhoea. Or when Gerber Baby Foods began selling in Africa using the same packaging they used in the US, which featured a smiling baby on the label. What they didn't realise was that in Africa, companies put pictures of the contents of the pack on the label, as many people are unable to read. So the thought of eating smiling babies didn't go down too well. (laughs) Excuse the pun. So each week, we're going to look at an idea that really screwed up and examine why it did. This week, the great Snapple screw-up. Snapple was a quirky soft drink sold in corner stores and gas stations with really offbeat ads, and it took the market by storm. Quaker Oats, who had enjoyed great success with Gatorade, bought the brand for $1.7 billion. They immediately put it through their normal distribution channels, supermarkets and things like that, and they cut out all the quirky eccentric ads and went mainstream. It was a total disaster. A little while later, Quaker sold the brand for $300 million, which is less than 20% of what they paid for it just a few years earlier. So what went wrong? Well, Quaker took a quirky, unique product and made it mainstream. It stopped being innovative and lost its committed followers. The new owners saw where they'd gone wrong and bought back the original quirky advertising strategy and the brand was revived. So what are the lessons to be learned from this? You've got to understand the brand identity, who it appeals to and why. Don't alienate your existing market. Realise that different brands and different markets need different distribution. The traditional supermarket shopper was not the person buying Snapple. The image of Snapple and Gatorade were totally different. To succeed, brands got to make an emotional connection with the customer, and that's a hard thing to do. Once that connection is made, the marketing has to be handled very carefully 
or you can break the bond and you'll never get the customers back again. I'm sure that a lot of listeners have stories of classic cock-ups, and if you do, I'd love to hear them. Drop me an email. Now it's time to answer a listener's email. I'll send you a copy of my new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, to the sender of every email that I answer. I'm going to read this. The first email is from Jane Emerson from New Hampshire. Jane writes, I run a small family accounting business of four accountants and a receptionist. The company has been in business for 40 years. We do most of our advertising in the local newspaper. We don't get much of a response from the ads, but I guess it keeps us in the public eye. Bob, what do I need to do to reach out and capture new clients? Jane, that's a pretty good question because it's difficult to capture new clients. As I discussed earlier in the program, 95% of all advertising today doesn't work. Think about the last newspaper you read. It probably had 50 or 100 advertisements or even more in it. How many of those ads did you read? And if you did read them, how many do you remember? I'm not sure, Jane, but do you run the same ads all the time or do you change them? Because if you do, it becomes like wallpaper to regular readers. They just don't notice it. Studies by Harvard Business School show that in successful businesses, 80% of new business comes from referrals or repeat business, or in your case, getting a larger share of the customer's business. For example, if you just have uh, the accounting business of a client, you might try to get their insurance business or their financial planning or a, another part of their life. U.S. service intelligence studies show that businesses with outstanding customer service grow twice as fast as their competitors. So, Jane, let's see how you can give your clients great customer service. Now, the reason most people give for changing suppliers isn't that the company did something wrong. It's that they believe that the, the um, company didn't appreciate or respect their business. For example, 67% of restaurant patrons don't return because of bad service, while only 18% leave because of lousy food. So what could you do to show your clients that you appreciate them? It's often such simple things like you could provide educational information or tips that would be helpful. You could give occasional small gifts for no reason, like movie tickets, send a card on their birthday or anniversary, a gift such as a birthday cake um, or theatre tickets, something like that. Hold client seminars on additional services that your company can offer and give them biscuits and cheese. Jane, if you really delight your customers, you will not only maintain your current clients, but you will get a bigger share of each customer and word of mouth will grow your business. The added value would cost no more than your current newspaper ads, but would be much more effective. That was a great question, and I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to that. And so a copy of my new book's coming your way. In the last hour with you, I've covered price, product, satisfied customer, and brand awareness are not worth anything. 95% of all marketing and advertising does not work. You must create an emotional connection with your customer and you must understand your brand's identity. In the meanwhile, visit my website at bobpritchard.com, sign up for my newsletter, email me, tweet me, become my friend on LinkedIn, and tell me what it is that you want to talk about. And don't forget to grab a copy of my new book at your favourite bookstore. 
That's it from me, Bob Pritchard, and I thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you've enjoyed it. I will be back at the same time next week. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Make a dollar. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.